Hey, it's Gabe. I want to recommend a podcast I think you'll enjoy called What Could Go Right. On What Could Go Right, the hosts, Progress Network founder Zachary Carabell and Executive Director Emma Varva-Lucas, sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues. They look back at how far society has come and look forward to what it will take to achieve a brighter future. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, listen to What Could Go Right wherever you get your podcasts. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with Watson X Governance. Learn more at ibm.com slash governance. IBM. Let's create. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that proves there's more than one way to make history. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today we're looking at the time when the FBI first sought the public's help in capturing fugitives by featuring their names and photos in a convenient, eye-catching list. The day was March 14, 1950. The Federal Bureau of Investigation debuted the 10 Most Wanted Fugitives list. It was circulated as a way to draw attention to America's most dangerous criminals and to solicit help in capturing them from the general public. The 10 Most Wanted list has been in use for almost 75 years, and in that time it's become a famous symbol of federal law enforcement and has been cited as a critical factor in the capture of nearly 200 fugitives. America's history with wanted posters began in the 1700s, Enslavers were among the earliest adopters. They frequently posted written descriptions of enslaved people who had fled their bondage and offered cash rewards for their capture and return. In the 1800s, breakthroughs in printing and photography broadened the use of wanted posters. In the Western territories, sheriffs and governors alike used the posters to grow public awareness of outlaws like Billy the Kid and Jesse James and to advertise bounties for their capture. This practice continued on a local level well into the 20th century, and by 1919, 
even the FBI was issuing wanted posters of a sort. The organizations were only circulated internally as a way to inform agents about military deserters and mobsters, and there was no cash reward. Eleven years later, the Chicago Crime Commission responded to a rise in organized crime by releasing a list of the city's most notorious public enemies. Al Capone was, of course, at the top of the list, but plenty of other bootleggers, racketeers, and gangsters joined him in the spotlight. Chicago's public enemies list garnered a lot of attention in the press. List-based articles, or listicles, are big business these days, and they were popular in the 1930s, too. Apparently, no matter what decade you're living in, humans love a good list. FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover took notice of the Chicago List's popularity, and the Bureau began to keep an unofficial list of criminals whose capture was a high priority. However, Hoover remained opposed to sharing the organization's list with the public. According to a 1939 article in Time magazine, the FBI, quote, usually considers it undesirable to dignify public enemies by listing them. That stance finally changed ten years later, after a reporter for the International News Service arranged an interview with Director Hoover. Over a game of cards, the journalist asked Hoover about the, quote, ten toughest guys, the worst of the worst, in the eyes of the FBI. Hoover provided a list, and the resulting article was not only popular, but helpful, too. The Bureau received a number of promising leads from the public. So many, in fact, that Hoover approved making the top ten list an ongoing program. The Bureau spent the next few months developing the idea, and on March 14, 1950, the FBI's first ten most wanted fugitives list was released. First up on the list was Thomas James Holden, a 54-year-old ex-con who had been half of a bank-robbing duo, along with a man named Francis Keating. In the 1930s, both Holden and Keating had been captured after committing a string of armed bank robberies and murders across the Midwest. Holden was released in 1947, but quickly became a wanted man again after he murdered his wife and her two brothers in Chicago. Holden fled to Oregon and began living under an assumed name, but once the FBI placed him on their most wanted list, blending in became a lot more difficult. In less than a year, Holden was apprehended after being recognized by a neighbor who had seen the top ten list in a local newspaper. Holden's capture was the first of many to be facilitated by the list and by the attentive citizens who studied it. That early success ensured the program would stick around for decades to come, with new, high-priority fugitives being added periodically to replace those who had either died or been captured. The task of updating the list is more involved than you might think. The first step is for all 56 FBI field offices to submit names for potential inclusion on the list. Next, the Criminal Investigative Division of the FBI works with the Office of Public and Congressional Affairs to whittle the candidates down to a small group of not-so-lucky finalists. From there, the last step of the process is to get the new list officially approved by the FBI's deputy director. After that, it's cleared for public release. 
The selection criteria is pretty straightforward. The fugitive must have a long history of criminal offenses, as well as current pending charges of a serious nature, and they have to be considered particularly dangerous to the public as well. Lastly, the FBI must believe that placing the fugitive on the list will increase the chances of them being apprehended based on information submitted by citizens. For example, if a criminal has a defining feature that might make them stand out in a crowd, they would be considered a stronger candidate for inclusion on the list because there's a higher chance that they would be recognized. Men and women are eligible to make the list, but as of the time of recording, only 10 women have ever been included. The first was Ruth Shire in 1968. She was wanted for kidnapping and extortion, and was eventually captured a year later and found guilty at trial. As of March 2022, the FBI has featured a total of 526 criminals on the 10 most wanted fugitives list, and 491 of those people have been apprehended. The Bureau cites citizen cooperation as a strong contributor to that success, noting that 163 of those captures were made based on tips shared by the public. Of course, sometimes a nationwide manhunt still isn't enough to get the job done. For example, a bank robber named Victor Manuel Garena holds the record for the longest amount of time spent on the most wanted list. He remained a target for over 32 years before finally being removed from the list in 2016 due to him no longer being considered an active threat. The counterpoint to Victor Garena is Billy Austin Bryant, a bank robber and murderer who holds the dubious distinction of having spent the shortest amount of time on the most wanted list. He held his spot for a mere two hours before being captured while hiding in a citizen's attic in Washington, D.C. Comparing the different lists released through the decades reveals the changing nature of American crime, or at least of American law enforcement's priorities. According to the FBI, bank robbers, burglars, and car thieves were the main concern of the 1950s. In the counterculture era of the 1960s and 70s, the list was composed mostly of saboteurs, kidnappers, and those who destroyed government property. In the 1980s and 90s, the list was dominated by sexual predators, drug traffickers, and international terrorists. Those three groups remain primary targets of the FBI today, and have since been joined by a growing number of white-collar criminals and domestic terrorists. As a reflection of society itself, crime takes different forms as the years go by. But no matter how much changes along the way, criminals and lists about them will always be in high demand. I'm Gabe Lusier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can send them my way at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. Hey. 
Have you ever wondered what it would be like to have supervision, enhanced hearing, extraordinary reflexes, to be, dare we say, superhuman? Well, Roku's new Pro Series TV can't do any of that for you. But with a 4K screen, side-firing speakers, and a blazing fast refresh rate, it'll sure feel like it. Elevate your entertainment using all your favorite apps like iHeart and play all your music, radio, and podcasts with the new Roku Pro Series. Your senses aren't better. Your TV is. Hello, I'm Dr. Michael Mosley, and I want to let you know about my new immersive BBC Radio 4 podcast series, Deep Calm. It's all about how to tap into and activate a remarkable system that we all have hardwired inside of us, our relaxation response. And it's been developed to be listened to at any time you want to really unwind. I hope you'll listen wherever you get your BBC podcast. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, guys? This is Sean, Lights Out Merriman. And Saturday, June 15th, Lights Out Extreme Fighting 17 returns to Casino Palma in San Diego. Get your tickets now at LightsOutXF.com. And we'll be live on Lights Out Sports TV, available on all major platforms. Doors open at 5 p.m. Pacific. You don't want to miss this one. It's going to be Lights Out. Lights Out Sports is free sports TV by athletes for fans. For details about the event and tickets, go to LightsOutXF.com.